Is this the Liberty Fight Song, Teach? That's what I'm told. Very cool. Welcome back, everybody. Hour 3, T-Row in the Morning Show, Thursday, June 2nd. Brought to you every day by Extreme Outdoor Equipment. We're live in Gainesville today, getting set for the NCAA Regional, which gets underway here tomorrow. And it is our pleasure and honor to welcome in now Nick Pierce. Nick is the uh, play-by-play voice for Liberty Baseball. TJ, also the public address announcer for the Carolina Panthers. How about that? Very cool. Nick, good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, thanks a lot for having me on. And, uh, you know, before we get too far into this, i got to say, I grew up in Atlanta. I'm a huge Atlanta Hawks fan. Thank you so much for Trey Young. <laughs> he has well, been a, that's just awesome. a joy to watch. <laughs> that's awesome. No, uh, we uh, – most of us enjoyed his one year in Norman and our big Trey Young fans. TJ, uh, my co-host, actually uh, voted down a bill that would have built uh, Don't get great me things started. for kids Don't. in the city of <laughs> Norman that Trey it? was behind. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about that at another point. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Nick, tell me about this Liberty baseball team and the season they've had. Well, it's uh, it, it, there, there's sections of it. <laughs> um so the beginning of the year got off to an incredible start, eleven and one, and were living up to or exceeding all expectations coming in. This was a team that was picked to win its division, picked at the top of the A Sun Conference. Uh, if you're not familiar with the A Sun, they did two different divisions this year. You had East and West. They did not cross over and play interdivisional games until the conference tournament. So it was almost like having two conferences within one, if that makes sense. But the East Division was the much tougher of the two. Um, uh, there were at least, uh, at, at one point, there were four teams inside the top 100 in RPI, two inside the top 50. I think it wound up being three in the top 75 when it was all said and done. So those were wars uh, every single weekend in those three-game series. Um, after that 11-1 and start, we saw this team kind of come back to earth a little bit and uh, started playing some, some really tough competition Campbell, a team that's going to be in a regional, VCU, uh, just a really tough schedule this year. And I think that's a big reason that the Flames are, are here um, and, and also winning some of those games, taking two of three against Florida, beating UNC, a team that went on to win the ACC title. Um, getting some quality wins, I think it was seven against the top 50 this year, went 16 and 14 against the top 100. And this team really challenged itself even outside of that uh, grueling conference schedule that I referenced. So uh, it got off to a blazing start when went a little over 500 pretty much, uh, aggregate the rest of the way in that, that stretch, and then got hot again in the conference tournament. It's an older team. I think it's a team that kind of, I don't want to say knows how to turn it on and off, but knows when these games start to to ramp up a little bit and start getting a little more uh, sense of urgency here towards the end of the year. and. Maybe you're seeing this team start to peak at the right time, having won five of its last six, but obviously ran into a very tough Kennesaw State team, that a team that in which the Flames had beaten earlier that week in the conference tournament and pool play, but uh, just couldn't get it done in the, on the day of the championship. So I think it's a team that you know got off to a hot start, maybe hasn't uh, lived up quite to the everyone's external expectations since then, but uh, still a team that has it in the tank and uh, can – can definitely uh, get it going here in a, in a regional because they've, they've shown that before. What's the strength of this team, Nick? What do they do best? I think uh, pitching depth 
um, is one of the strengths of this team. If you look at last week in the conference tournament, they got all the way to the semifinal game. Did not even had not even used Joe Adamets yet, who's uh, arguably been their best pitcher uh, here over the last month. Um, I think that just the the abundance of arms that they have to go to uh, has certainly been a strength of this team. And then also, like I said, just being an older team, I think that's a strength as well. Just having a group of veterans, guys that have been there, done that, so to speak. Um, I think those are a couple of things that they're definitely going to be leaning on here this weekend. I was talking to you last night. It sounds like there there are uh, there is or are a key injury or two uh, coming into this, including Garrett Horn, one of their outstanding pitchers. Correct? Uh, I'm sorry. Repeat that. It sounds like they've got a little bit of an injury situation. A couple of of key guys that that might be unavailable for the postseason. Is that right? Yeah, uh, Garrett Horn is uh, certainly a guy that. Um, is uh, we we haven't seen him on the mound since May 6th. He's got a shoulder thing going on right now. Uh, don't know that you'll see him this weekend. Nothing. It hasn't been officially announced that he is going to be out. Um, but I would be surprised to see him at this point. Um, you know, having not pitched in that amount of time. And look, he's a true freshman. I mean, they're they're going to take care of him. Uh, they're going to look out for his future. Um, he's a guy that's got a future in baseball beyond college. Uh, fastball that's topped out at 97 this year. So um, certainly that, that's been a big loss uh, from, from the pitching side of things. But, you know, they've got some other options. They've got some guys they feel good about. Mentioned Adam S. still incoming as well, has thrown the ball well here down the stretch. And one of those two guys are, are probably who you're going to see here against the Sooners on Friday afternoon. But, yes, Horn has uh, definitely been a big loss. Tell us about Adamets. It's Joe Adamets and Dylan Cumming. We don't yet know which one OU will face tomorrow, but um, what kind of stuff do those two guys have and what kind of season have they had? Yeah, so uh, kind of uh, similar in, in stuff, I guess. Uh, just one's from the left side, one's from the right side. Uh, Dylan Cumming's got that, uh, that true sinker. Uh, kind of compare him a little bit maybe to a Kyle Hendricks uh, sinker-slider combination. Um you know, likes to keep the ball down in the zone, get ground balls. Uh, when it's up, he, he can get hard, hit hard a little bit. Uh, that's where some of the home runs come from. Uh, Joe Adamets, same deal. I think with Adamets, with his, uh, w- with him, it, it comes down to, to guys being able to make the plays behind him. Um, we've seen him have some real staying power in some games, getting deep, uh, seventh, eighth inning type stuff. If uh, if the guys are making plays behind him. And um, if they're not, then we've seen Joe have to get taken out of some games maybe a little bit earlier than what you would have liked to, just to, to change it up, get a different look in there. So I think if this team's playing clean defense behind either of these guys, uh, they've got a good shot to, to stick around in there. And, you know, not to say that they can't strike guys out. I think Joe in the uh, A-Sun tournament last uh, Friday in the semifinals, he sort of career high with nine strikeouts. So particularly when Joe gets that slider work and he can be, uh, or the changeup as well, uh, he can be a, a real uh, threat out there on the mound to get some swing and miss. But uh, I think that's kind of what you can expect out of those two. How about the uh, the lineup offensively? Give me the overview of what Liberty uh, offers offensively. Yeah, I think it's a lineup that they've kind of settled into now as far as the order. Um you know, at the top, you've got a, a veteran catcher and great bets who's just kind of always, 
you know, with him and Anderson, Aaron Anderson, they're one and two. Um, you know, Gray being a left-handed hitter, Aaron being a switch hitter, you've got a pretty good balance there. And then you go Derek Orndorff right, and then you go three Hillier left. So it's it's kind of that right-left balance that you would like to see in your lineup. Um, that's at the top has been, kind of been the table setter over the last couple of years. And him and Anderson, if those two guys kind of get going, then it seems like it, it gets contagious throughout the rest of the lineup. A couple of guys that are hot right now, you look at uh, Cam Foster. Uh, he's been the club's leading hitter, a true freshman at third base. Uh, he's hitting 444 over his last 10. He likes hitting in the state of Florida, too. Uh, all of his home runs but one have come down here. <laughs> so uh, he's a guy that um, – is uh, certainly one to watch out for right now. Three Hillier mentioned him a minute ago. He's a catcher by trade, but he's taken on left field this year. It's just a way to get his bat in the lineup. Uh, he's hitting 373 in the month of May, and so uh, a, a sophomore that's that's kind of figured things out. Not really a, a second year player anymore. He's he's kind of becoming one of those veteran uh, bats in the lineup. Um, so, I mean, you know, they've had some guys come on here down the stretch. They've got some, some veteran presence at the top with, uh, you know, a fourth-year junior in Betts and a, a fifth-year senior in Anderson. So that's kind of been the feel. Uh, there's probably one or two guys that, <clears throat> excuse me, they'd like to see get going. You know, Derek Orndorff got off to that blazing start this year, hit 10 home runs in the first 10 games, and <clears throat> it's been a little tougher for him over the last month, but, you know, we saw him square one up last week in Fort Myers. He had a pretty good round of BP yesterday. So who knows? Maybe this is uh, the time of year he can he can start to turn it on to. Three Hillier, by the way, fantastic name. Is there any kind of a story there? <laughs> yeah, actually. So he is William C. Hillier the third. Okay. Um, okay. His dad was a assistant coach for Duke for a while, and uh, also coached some summer league ball. So he he's got baseball in his bloodlines. But he's gone by three ever since he was in elementary school. And even his teachers didn't believe him at first. They were like, oh, like, are you, are you kidding? Are you just trying to you know, get a laugh out of the, the, the other students? He's no, no, really, just call me three. <laughs> he said it would take uh, you know, sometimes a year at a time you know, going up through different grades for that to even catch on. But, and now the guys just mess with him here. They just call him Bill all the time just, just to mess with him. So. <laughs> Hey, uh, last question. We'll get you out of here. Uh, one or both of us are going to have to get through the Gators to get out of this yeah. regional. You've seen these guys. What was your? I know it's been a while, but what was your assessment of Florida? You know, I don't know if it's it's fair to because we we saw them so early in the year. Um, you could tell that the the potential was there, but their their hitters just weren't dialed in yet. Um, Certainly that's changed. Wyatt Langford's had a, a massive breakout year. Judd Fabian got off to a slow start, but now look up and he's got 22 home runs, you know, kind of what they expected out of him. Um, from the pitching staff standpoint, I mean, two-thirds of the rotation we saw here this past, uh, back in February, is, is down with injury now. Hunter Barco had Tommy John. Pierce Capola's been, you know, he hasn't made a start since he faced us. He's had a back injury most of the year. So kind of tough to gauge them what they are now as, to what we saw in February, but it's certainly a much improved ball club by evidence of uh, them going all the way to the SEC title game. Look, there's no gimmies this weekend, guys. I mean, you've got two conference tournament <clears throat> uh, runner-ups in uh, uh, Liberty and Florida, and then you've got two conference tournament champions in Oklahoma and Central Michigan. So this, this is going to be a really, really challenging weekend yeah. for whoever comes out of this thing. 
Yeah, it's going to be fun. This is going to be good baseball. Nick Pierce, play-by-play voice for Liberty. Nick, thanks so much. I really appreciate it, and we'll see you over at the ballpark here uh, sometime in the near future. Sounds good, fellas. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, buddy. Nick Pierce, good stuff. There's a little more on Liberty. I think it's going to be Adamets for them that starts tomorrow. We'll know today. Adamets is the lefty. Coming is the righty. I'm rooting for coming, but I think it's going to be Adamets. Um, we'll talk to David DeLucci. He'll be on the TV call for ESPN this weekend here in Gainesville when we come back.